This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be sh- And now your host, TJ. And here we go again, Van Dad Pod, coming to you Sunday night, so you'll probably listen to this on Monday morning. A six-point week for the Chicago Fire. This is a Chicago Fire postgame show, and I'm joined tonight by senior editor Hot Time in Old Town. Pat, you're, just, you're on your way home from Soldier Field. You're on the Stevenson right now. A six-point week for the Fire. When was the last time we were able to say that? It's been a while. Yeah, I think we looked, and it was August of 2019. They, they had like three or four wins in a row that month, and... It seemed like maybe they were headed toward the playoffs last year. But, yeah, this is the first time this year, obviously, that we've seen two wins in a row. Um, And it's now three of five of the games at Soldier Field. There's only been – there's been the draw against the crew and then the loss against the Revolution. But uh, three wins out of five at Soldier Field, so that's not too bad. No, not at all. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm looking at last year's year's roster. It looks like um, August 3 and August 10 – of last year, they beat uh, at one at Houston and they beat Montreal at home. That looks like the last time they had six points in a week. So, um, yeah, and I'm looking at the end of August. They had uh, look. They finished the season with three ta- three draws and two wins. I mean, they finished on a good note in 2019. But I think that that was the last time it was the the third and the tenth. So, again, this. You know, we, we've talked about it on this show a bunch of times that this is a team that was gonna we thought was going to take some time, but we thought there was some talent there. We, You and I believe in what Heights and Wiki are doing. You know, they've turned over 18 players, you said, on, on this roster. And as the season has gone on, as they're finally getting into some sort of routine, I feel like you're starting you're starting to see some results with this team. And today, now, to be fair, these are two mm-hmm. bad teams, and they were two played games played at home. So... It's, True. That's that's the other side of the coin, but that's you're supposed to win those games, and you did. So, and you nearly beat the crew at home uh, until you screwed it up at the end. If you're the fire, it, it's so. There's, I you know, Rafa Wiki all year has been saying we're doing good things. Obviously, the chances created stats uh, back that up. They are creating a ton of chances. I think they're top five in the league right now, uh, still in that and. Uh, and he's like, it's just a matter of finishing chances and limiting defensive mistakes. They were able to do that uh, the last couple of games against Houston and tonight against Atlanta. Um, now, it, it was a little bit closer tonight. Only the two goals for the fire. And um, Atlanta actually had some shots on goal. And, and luckily, uh, Bobby Shuttleworth was there to um, clean those up, which, you know, could have made a very different game. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's I don't know what more. I saw some of the people on, on Twitter saying, this is what you got to do. Or I, like, yeah, it's what you got to do. But still, it, it, if you're a fan of this team, you should be happy. Well, and, and you know what? This is when you're playing, as, I, as I've said on Twitter tonight, when you're playing meh teams, this is what you do. Joe C, and Joe C said the same thing. Um, he, was, he had the one comment, and it was something along the lines of, you need to slay teams like this. And they did. And that is exactly what they did tonight. And um, his quote was, by slaying at home as they should, nothing special. No, maybe not anything special, but for this team over the last few years, it kind of is because they don't do this very often. 
No. And it, so, th- yeah, these n- neither Atlanta or Houston are, are are solid teams. Although Atlanta was ahead of them in the standings going into the tonight. That said, you they won, they won convincingly. And yes, this game was only two nothing, but it never felt in question. There was a stretch, uh, maybe like around the 35th minute of the first half before the Barrage goal, and there was a stretch in maybe 55th to 60th minute of the second half where they start. It, the fire were kind of on their back heels, and, and Atlanta started to push forward. And Atlanta did, I believe, I don't have the stats in front of me because I'm driving, but I think they did end up winning the possession battle barely in this game. They did. But, they did. But yeah, that's they, you know that's a matter uh, of them 50, having to chase the game. 51-4, They did chase the, They did win that. Um, total passes they five thirty nine to five seventeen. So that's a wash. Fire had more shots, fifteen to ten. They had more shots on target, six to five. Um, but like I said, a lot of that was like you said, it was the Atlanta chasing the game, and there were two outstanding saves with Bobby Shuttleworth, and we will cover that when I get to my ratings later on. But at the same time. Other than those two chances for Atlanta, I, I guess I never felt the game was in question, and I felt like in the second half the fire felt the same way. They felt like they just needed to see this game, see the game out, and I felt like again it didn't feel. You said there were a couple stretches. I never even grabbed that sense, and that might be just from having trying to multitask. But at the same time, the defense was solid. It, it you know, you said Wiki said they've been pre- preaching mistake free. Well, the back line was mistake free again. I mean, yeah. it wasn't nearly it wasn't nearly as an outstanding of a performance from Calvo as and Pineda as we saw last week. It didn't need to be. It was solid. No, they were both good. Pineda made a really spectacular like um, diving kind of kick to get a foot on it to to clear it once. And and I, there was a you know from what I can remember, there's a couple shots. There was. Um, there was one where I think it was, there was a cross that came in and I think it was Seculich that got kind of caught napping a little bit, but mm-hmm. whoever hit it for Atlanta missed. I will say the craziest thing about this game for those of us who watched it from the press box was that we couldn't tell the na- the numbers on the back of Atlanta's jerseys because they were gold and it was gold and white and the stadium lights weren't hitting it right. So we were sometimes basic based on positions, guessing who did things. So if you notice sure. on Twitter, I was avoiding saying who who was responsible for things for Atlanta. Cause I just didn't know it was weird, but um, and that's fair. And that's fair. I, I saw Sandlow complaining about it a couple of times yeah, and, was, um, but he, but he's weird. not wrong. I, I, on TV, it was better marginally. I, and, and part of me wanted that while we were waiting for you to finish wrapping things up at the stadium, I almost went back to listen to our Jersey review to see what we thought of these uniforms because I'm, I'm watching them in real life. I'm not a fan of them. They, they look like no. crap. Nope, I don't either. I, 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 you know, it's. I think the, the jersey first and foremost must be functional, mm-hmm. and if you can't see um, the names and the numbers on the backs of the jerseys, uh, then it's a problem. I feel like I feel like they should almost go with like a light peach because it, it, it's a peach state. I know they did white with peach numbering before, and I don't remember how that played out. But I mean, I feel like that would almost be kind of. Yeah, I get, I, mean, the, I get the gold. I get the gold trim. That is their third color. I right. get it, but at that the same time, to a Jersey review show. But I think it looks a lot cooler when there's a team of one color playing a team of another color, and neither oh, one of those is white. Absolutely, it's, color on color, color on color. color yeah, teams. like when the yeah when the fire played the crew, it was the blue and the yellow. Um, 
the other night against Houston, it was the blue and the orange. I thought that looked sure. really cool. It just looks better on TV. It looks better in photos. I hate it, the white jerseys. I Now, I have a predisposition to hating white jerseys, as you know, TJ, uh, yep. because there's a team in North London that I do not like that wears white jerseys. But... Um, you know what? I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree with you. I, the white jerseys I have in my collection, they get wrecked quicker. I mean, there's no question about it. Unless you unless you can do a white jersey like Minneapolis City, yeah, forget it. Just don't. Just don't do it. And if you're a team in North London, you know what? They need to wear white because it's the flag of surrender. I mean, th- there's something to be said for That's that. That's fair. I, I guess I can I can go along with that. We should so, probably not talk about jerseys anymore, though. No, because it'll take us completely off topic. Um, what was the mood like in the in the pressers tonight? I mean, uh, was is is it as positive as we seem to be? Just that it seemed like they took care of business in the first half and sought out. That was the way I saw the game. Is that kind of the consensus, or what was the takeaways from the post game? Yeah, tonight? I think that was it. I, I think that um, you know, Rafa gave a lot of um, you know, we did what we were supposed to do. We didn't want to heap a ton of praise on individual guys. He said it was a team effort said, you know, we, we haven't accomplished anything. We need to, you know, keep working. Um, and it, they all, the other guys, so they always bring out Rafa and then two, typically two players. Mm-hmm. Um, and tonight was Jonathan Bornstein, who's always good. Um, he's always a solid quote. And he, he basically said, yeah, you know, our whole goal in coming here was to, to gain a, a really strong home field advantage. And this is something we want to do. We want to turn this place into a fortress. He said that quote before. Um, and, and he, he talked about, um, you know, the way that everybody's seeming to get what Raphael Wiki wanted. He's like, Rafa's got very specific demands as far as movement goes and as far as certain aspects of the game. And, and I, I noticed this tonight. You have a, in the press box, you have a really good view of the 11 and, the, the movements between the players, the, the quick movements where they both were on the same page, where two players would, would swap positions or there'd be an overlap or there'd be, you know, a, a player would move into space anticipating a pass. It, it, it worked really well tonight. And that was it, was, it was noticeably better than earlier in the season. And I think that's what Johnny V was talking about, just that they're, they're starting to click and starting to get what uh, Raphael Wicke wanted them to do. Now, that said... Um, again, these were teams, these were a couple of not so good teams at home and it's easy in, you know, with the MLS travel rules where the teams travel day of, they're probably more tired. It's easier to look good against a tired team that isn't very good. And if you play somebody good, they're going to force you into mistakes. Montreal, uh, on the road in Harrison, New Jersey this weekend could be interesting for the fire to see what they can do against them. Well, that that and I was going to get to that is you're looking at the standings. The Fire are above. They're in the playoffs right now. They're in the top ten. Um, Montreal's one point ahead on 14 points. The Fire have a better goal differential. They're negative four. Montreal's negative seven. Um, so this the, it, it'll be interesting because it's not a true home game for Montreal either. It's kind of a neutral site game realistically. Yeah, I guess you could say that maybe Montreal doesn't have to travel since they've set up shop in Harrison so sure um, I guess it's more of a home game for them than it is for the fire in that sense but otherwise no it's a neutral site game so you know and, and I will say that as much as I was when, when they made the move to Soldier Field I always said what's the next step and then I got corrected on that it is nice to be able to look at where they're playing and see Chicago Illinois not Bridgeview I, yes. I I'm not I 
I get the bridge, but it's nice to see Chicago. I, yeah. I will, I will concede that point. So when you're, when you're sitting, I mean, that place is insane and always has been. It's, you know, obviously the fire haven't played there in a long time, but the number of us men's national team games and other special games we've seen there when you're, when you're there and you've got the skyscrapers, you're over the, the Northwest corner of the stadium and you've got the lake to the East and it's just the columns and the, you know, the parking lots are nice and not gravel. Um, it's just a better vibe. Well, even, and and I know, you, I know you were in the press box may not have caught that. Um, uh, for the, the national team, the Atlanta, um, Bocanegra was being interviewed during the game. I heard and, that he was, but I didn't get to see it. Yeah. But he, he mentioned that too. He goes, the smell of the grass. It just, there's something about this place. And he went to Bridgeview. He's been around. I mean, he yeah. has been there. He's like, the smell of the grass, there is something special about playing at Soldier Field. He goes, there just is. And and I'm paraphrasing a bit, obviously, but I, I do recall that in his interview was him specifically mentioning there, uh, the special nature of Soldier Field. And it seems like the team has started to reflect that. And I, I you know what? When they made the move to Soldier Field, I shredded the opinion because I'm like, how is this field going to look it, when we get to the later seat and the Bears are on it. You know what? I looked at it tonight. My hat's off to the Park District. I get it, it that the season's in over. They're, I mean, they're going to go another month on this. How many more home games? One, two, three, four more home games over the next 40 days. And maybe right. the field will look like crap at the end of it. But I will tell you, it looks really good right now. And I get my hat's off to the Park District because it, looks- it seems like they're working their asses yeah. off to keep it that way. And good on them, and really, this really is good not on them. The same old Chicago Park District grounds crew. I don't know if they switched somebody up or what, but like it, the field looked really good. And yeah, there were the faint. The Bears markings were coming I, through faintly. I don't. I don't even. I don't even care about the marking. I, I'm going to be. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I don't care about the markings. I care about how the field looks. I don't like seeing the dead the patches quality, and so on. Yeah. I will say, yeah. in watching the Red Stars game and watching the and watching the Fire game and Saturday and Sunday. The quality of the field, I would give my hand, I, I, the upper hand to Soldier Field, and that that field is being yes. used for football. And I don't know if that's if I want to rip Bridgeview for that, or if I want to just say well, that it's I, really I, good, or just give or just give kudos to the Park District and leave it at that. A source uh, has indicated to me that perhaps the Red Stars were not happy about the condition of the field at SeatGeek. And they may be pointing the the fingers at the fire for that. Like that, that's what I can tell you on that is they, the, the Red Stars were kind of happy that they were kind of sad, pissed that they felt like the fire maybe tore up, tore up the uh, the stadium field there because the fire train typically on the stadium field there. Sometimes they go to the the stadium the, the mm-hmm. field in the back, uh, sure. and then the the bubbles out of. It's not. I don't even think the bubbles up at this point, but. No, um, I don't. I mean, I'm sure it's a, it probably because they're the only ones that use it. It's probably a seasonal thing, and you're not. Yeah. And with this tw- being 2020, you're not gonna. I don't believe they're renting but, it, and that could be a part of it as well. Yeah, so, yeah, I thought I thought Bridgeview looked like crap on TV, um, and I didn't. I don't think it looks particularly great. Um, the fire send these training videos out like twice a week that mm-hmm. you'll see on my Twitter account a lot. Um, I don't think it doesn't look terrible, but it didn't look particularly great. Soldier Field looked really good tonight, from what I could tell. And I wasn't on the field, but it looked no, good from my vantage I, point. I guess, I, like I said, I've expected, like, um, just brutal. Because Soldier Field, at the end of the year, it looks like crap most years. And I feel like, for whatever they've done, whatever they've changed in the grass, whatever the case may be, 
Right now they've got it dialed in. Maybe it won't stay that way. Maybe by the end of the year we'll be revisiting this going, right. dude, what the hell were we thinking? But these last two games after the Bears have played on it, the field looks good. If the Bears play a rainy game on it, I don't know what you can do to save it after that. But if if the weather cooperates, it looks like they're going to be able to keep it looking pretty good. So, well, and, um, but you know what? The diff- part of the difference is what between now and then is when you go back in the day, the when you got rainy days, you had these metal spikes that were destroying the field. They don't wear metal spikes anymore, so there's part of it that way too. Yeah. So there and, are potentially more games to be played there. Um, I, the fire would have to play themselves way up in the standings to be able to have a home game. But um, cause I believe the whole playoffs is single elimination this year, which unless I'm crazy, I believe it is. Well, um, you're, you're crazy, but one has nothing I'm to do with the other so I here. I can't check it on my laptop right now, but um, yeah. I, and I can't, and I'm not going to dig. Well, I, I'll look, um, let's see what we got. So you keep going, you, we'll, you keep talking about what you think. Okay. So, uh, regular. There's, there's, there's I, yeah, I, it doesn't that, have anything on MLS.com yet. So yeah, we'll it's pre- I, I think it's on hot time. I think I wrote it at one point. Okay. Um, but, but I had the, there was a mix up with that. So like I, I got the whole playoff plan and they pulled back the playoff plan because they were going to change it. And so I can't remember what version of it had, uh, that in it, but I believe that's the case that that's just single elimination games, which is cool. Um, but it, you know, if the fire keep winning, obviously maybe they play their way into a, into a spot that would be able to host a game. But I'm, right I'm, now, okay, I'm okay with them being in the top 10 and making it right now. I will start, I'm going to start with baby steps, you know, and we'll, we're going to go that route. So um, that said, I do know the six through 10, seven through 10 spots. That's basically a play in round. So, cause the East has more teams in the West because Nashville is playing in the East. Now um, what they're doing is the, I think seven plays 10 and eight plays nine. And then the winners of those games go play. Um, they get seated into the, that's uh, possible. Re- the that, real playoffs, if you will. Sure. TJ. Yeah. Playing. Know. I mean, playing games. Yeah. yeah. Which is an extra game. Pro- hopefully if MLS does it the way I hope, and I haven't seen anything And if it's on hot time, I just haven't paid attention. I'm not going to lie. You should um, probably read it. Probably I probably should. Time. You probably should link yeah. it again on the mini send me the links so I can put it on minivan dad so we can get revisit this. But my, my thought is it should be a midweek game where you get punished for being in the seven through 10 game that you get, go pretty much get your ass handed to you, go to get your ass handed to you on the weekend. That's what I think should happen. So the yeah, other team gets a week off. They got to play midweek, make it punish somebody for being seven through 10. That's what I'm thinking. And right now it'd be the Red Bulls, Montreal, Nashville and the fire. And so well, let's get into we could potentially have then an El Daxico matchup of the fire in Nashville if things play out just right. Maybe they're the eighth and the nine. That would be uh, interesting. Um, Nashville's a game up with a game with uh, with a game in hand. Um, Still a lot of games to be played. Oh, they're, they're uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Wait, wait, I lost count. Three, four, nine five, games. six, nine games left. Yeah, and one of those is an El Daxico. In Nashville. Yes, there's an El Dexico in there, yes. I, and I'm looking forward to Yeah, and I'm looking forward to that. So, you want to do some ratings? Sure. Why don't we do some ratings here? Um, we can definitely do that. Uh, so, we're going to start We're gonna start up top, and we're going to work our way backwards again. And, again, th- these are my ratings. 
who it is the committee of one. I thought about bringing another committee member, but he got himself sent to his room for the night before the end of the game. I was going to have have. What have did my he old... do? Is there trouble? Nah, yeah, he did. He, you know, you want it, it's it's past their bedtime. You're letting them stay up to watch the end of the game, and they just decided it really wasn't going to happen tonight. So they got yeah, they one got, of those, got, yeah. Yeah, it was one of those. So, um, but I, I, I am gonna, yeah. I am gonna hand him a piece of paper with the lineup once and let him sit and do ratings once because he, he was, con- he was conflicted tonight. And he, he is a Packer fan with the Packers being on Sunday night. He's like, Dad, what are we gonna watch? I'm like, We're gonna watch a fire game. He goes, Okay. He goes, Then I need to wear my fire shirt. So he did. So he was very happy. I saw you wore your fire shirt shirt uh, to do some yard work and destroyed it. I. It's in the wash. I got all the, the the thorn bushes out of it, and we'll hope we're hoping it it bounces back. And yeah, um, so that's a memo to self. Don't wear don't wear a fire jersey out to do yard work if you really want to protect it. But that said, if you saw the way my yard looks versus the way it used to, it's you know it's night and day difference. So um, good work. Nice thanks, work. I appreciate that. I appreciate that coming from you. So let's let's get started on this. We're gonna start at the front. We'll, we'll work backwards. Again, this is a committee of one. I got Barrett. I got Barrett in at a seven. Again, yeah. uh, um, my my thought being with Robert Barrett was he was really really active in the first half. Getting it, he was getting into dangerous spaces, which he needs to do. His finish was clinical, and I mean he was set up beautifully by Mahalovich, but he he finished it. And it was and it was a really good. My criticism of him is he runs himself offside a little bit too a lot, and as the high forward, I get it. But at the same time, you're kind of taking yourself out. Now, that said, he's starting to get accounted for by D. De- I've noticed like the Atlanta defense keying on him and that's starting to open spaces. And, the, you know, and that wasn't happening before. So whatever it was, he's seeing the field better. He's getting himself into the spaces he needs to get in and creating opportunities, not only for him, but for others by running defenses out of it. That's so I gave him a seven tonight. Yeah, I think that's fair. OK, and we're going to move on. We're going to Fabian Herbers, you know. Remember when he used to be like a flashpoint, like everybody hated him? You know what? I brought that up in the press box tonight. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he was a guy who, for whatever reason, everybody hated. And he, Rafa Wiki believed in him and believed in him and believed in him and kept going to him. And maybe Rafa was right because Bobby looks you and really I, you good. And I, you and I noticed this from the Rafa liked him, and he seemed to play Rafa's system. Like, he caught on to whatever was supposed to happen. Yes, before anybody else did. And I will tell you, there's two. I said this in the press box to a friend tonight. There's two reasons why I think Rafa really liked him. One, he's a very intelligent player, so he mm-hmm. is able to obviously catch on to Rafa's system, to uh, understand and make intelligent runs, to open up space for players, um, drop defensively when needed, and... Uh, two, he is good friends with all the uh, Latino guys on the team, a lot of them at least. He's good friends with – he hangs out with Madron and uh, Jimenez and I say maybe Calvo as well. Okay. Alice, maybe Alicada. I know Alicada sure. is good pals with um, Navarro because they're younger. Oh, but, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah those guys hang out a lot, and um, he speaks Spanish. Which that, is massive. Helps. Yeah. Which is massive. So um, well, he's it, able to speak. He's able to. I asked Bobby about this once. He he speaks English to Barrich, Spanish to most of the people around him. 
And he would occasionally, when Kronholm was in the team, he'd speak German. He speaks German to Wiki. Um, but yeah, his, his language skills and his intelligence, I think, are two things that, that Rafa, who also has language skills and intelligence, appreciated. So, well, and, and I, I want to key in on something that, um, hot, that Chicago Fire editor Ruben Tisch said during the game tonight. He mentioned um, the work rate of, of Fabian Herbers and that that seems in, that, that Herbers in the number 10 seems to have opened things up for him and his work rate and more that seems to be the way of, of how the game is going that the 10 is more of a workhorse than creativity where the creativity is out on the wings now where it didn't used to be and that yeah, was an interesting we, point I thought you agreed with, and you agreed with that point and but that's I not wrong. Made, I think that's a, I made that, that point to him but yeah but yeah the that is funny because two or three years ago when we were still doing us fan TV, we had Bobby Warshaw on and he said that the, the traditional 10 is fading away. And I didn't see it at the time, but he's like, look, the traditional 10 is fading away. The the guy who, and this is probably why you don't see Mesut Ozil playing at Arsenal at all. You cannot afford to have a guy who just sits there and waits to distribute and doesn't defend. And he's like, you're seeing all the creative players pushed wide. And that's exactly what, it, it, that change that Rafa made Wednesday night where, where Fabi went inside to be the workhorse and Aliceta went wide into space where he could create um, seemed to be huge for the fire because one, it gives, it gives Aliceta on the space to just do Aliceta things. And two, uh, Fabi is probably at this point in his career, the more intelligent player as far mm-hmm. as knowing when to drop, knowing when to get into certain spaces. So that seems to work really well. And that is something I would like to see from both guys, you know, that to continue. So, sure. And that's that all said, he was Herbers was man of the match. He, I gave him an eight. Again, if he's not on the player of the MLS player, I, there's something wrong. I mean, he was he was every, I, his, his work rate was I, I, I have his work rate was amazing. He seems to be in the place within the system to create the opportunities. Um, it, it again. I have one criticism of tonight. His goal, he left the ball a little too close to Brad Guzan. But if if that's where I've got to get to, that's pretty yeah. picky. I mean, that's and how his, good he even was his, tonight. His touch on the pass from him and as he kind of, the touch was a little weird, but he mm-hmm. immediately was able to settle it and crack it. So sure. um, it's, and he, I, I, yeah, he was, he was excellent. I, and I, I actually have a vote for um, the player of the week. And I am considering, depending on what the other results look like, giving my first place vote to Bobby. That's how good well, I think he was tonight. And I almost went to it. I thought about giving him a nine just in the sense of this is Fabian Herbers. I mean, you're not expecting that type. Yeah. of Yeah. But I'm going to leave I him knew, an eight because I yeah. again, it was a two nothing win. It was over a team you expected from. But that said, this was really good for Fabian Herbers. And it really was. It was it was a great performance. He was a leader out there tonight. Okay, and so okay, so we're gonna move on. We're gonna move on to Nacho Aliceta. I gave him a six. Not that he did, was bad by any stretch of the imagination. The 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 point of attack was on the other side tonight, which is weird because on Wednesday night it was through his side, but right. tonight it went to the other side. It went through the right side, and he was good. But I I don't remember him doing anything noteworthy. I guess I that's kind of where I felt with him. Not that he, like it wasn't terrible. Just I felt like um. Where ultimately when Shuttleworth made his first brilliant, his brilliant save in the first half, which phenomenal, it start it came down that side and both him and Johnny B looked absolutely horrible on that. 
Like they both got just were Swiss cheese and got run through, and that's where that yeah. point of attack came from. So he wasn't um, terrible. I will tell you, I am I am no longer driving, so I can tell you, Alaseda, eighty minutes, two shots, one on target, forty six total touches, twenty eight passes, eighty nine point three percent accuracy. So. Uh, did not create any chances. I think a six is probably fine for him. I would not definitely go higher. If you went to a five, I could I could argue it, but you know what? It's, it's I, I don't have any, I don't have anybody at a five tonight. I'm not going to lie. Well, but you know we'll what? You're you're winning. It's it's. I think high scores are a good thing. So you're winning. It, it, like I said, it was very workmanlike in the in the. It was really good in the first half. Second half was workmanlike to see it out, and you know what? So that's why nobody got less than a five. Nobody got less than a six tonight. So that said, we're going to move on to Madron. Again, he's another one that was a six. He was more with, he was not as advanced tonight as usual. I mean, he seemed to be opening spaces for Jimenez, but he, yes, it, that was one of the, the things that I noticed tonight that Rafa downplayed, but it was true. Uh, Alvaro was dropping deeper and Jimenez was, was the one going forward a lot of the time. So mm-hmm. yeah, and, very and it was a six, but it, again, didn't do anything terrible. Didn't do anything noteworthy. So it's like, you won two nothing. Uh, yeah, you get a six. Yeah. 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 Um, Jimenez. I got him at a seven, and mm-hmm. his assist was really. I almost went with the, him to an eight, but I'm starting to realize as these games go on, when he he was he bossed this game tonight. I really liked the game from. Him. Nothing went through faster or slower than he wanted it to. He would. It just. He was in control the entire game, and this is the second game in a row we've really seen this from him, and I feel like. I'm giving him a seven based on the fact I still think as good as, as good as we're seeing now, the best is still yet to come from, from for Gaston. Yes. Yeah. Uh, two points on him. One, he, he definitely created that first goal. He closed Correct. the defender or closed the, the Atlanta player down. Uh, Cause he didn't check his shoulder. The mm-hmm. ball bounced. He took the ball, took a dribble, played it into uh, Herbers who made the smart run. And right. that was, that was like 70%. Gaston's goal and, and probably 30% Fabi's goal for making the run, but in the finish, but, but yeah. And two, a, a thing that I find funny about him is that he's one of these guys that seems the same um, in a win or a loss when he, when they have him do media after, and he will talk for four or five minutes sometimes to answer a question, which he, he breaks out a little bit of English that he's learning. And then he, he answers in Spanish and Elizabeth, the translator, has to remember the four or five minute answer <laughs> that he has just given. And I always feel so bad for her. She's so good at her job, though. She's really good at it. But but yeah, I'm like, wow, uh, so he he's very he's, he's a, so it's a cerebral. Is he a cerebral player? Is that kind of weird? Yeah, I think it's the that's the that's the that's why tonight I asked him, I'm like, hey, can you take me through how you created that that goal for Fabi? And because I, I wanted to if he's I wanted to see if he's one of these guys who you know remembers every detail in every play and it seemed like yes he 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 did so um he's an interesting guy he's an interesting guy for sure I only got to talk to him in person once before COVID but um sure. yeah he he's he's a guy I think they're they're happy with we'll see but well I, and, and I, it so was again so I, I again I, I want to say it was Ruben but I saw it on Twitter tonight somebody posted that he's the best you know, basically defensive midfielder they've had since Logan Paws. Yeah, I, Ruben wrote that. And, it, and I think Ruben was joking, but. Well, you know what? I, I hate to say it. I don't think he's wrong necessarily. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is. Is he is, better than Dax? Is he better than Basti when he was playing that position? 
Bossy didn't play it long enough. And here's my thing. Right. At peak Dax McCarty, no, I don't think he's necessarily better than peak Dax McCarty, but peak Dax McCarty was with Red Bulls. It wasn't with the fire. True, true. So that's why I don't necessarily disagree with that um, on, a, on its own, on its own. So um, that said, we're going to move on. Georgie Mihalovic, he was my man of the match, and especially I in the know. first half. I gave him an eight, and I texted you and said, I think he's our man of the wow. match. And I did. And it's every time an he eight? got the ball, every time he got the ball, in the first half specifically, man, something they got in a position to score or something. Like he took somebody on. It all was right, the best. It was one stat. of the better performances I've seen from Georgie Mihaljevic all the way through. Seventy-nine minutes, four total shots, two on target. That's pretty good. Two chances created, including the assist. Uh, Sixty-five touches. That's pretty pretty high for that that advanced in the field. Forty-four total passes, eighty-four percent accuracy. He made three tackles and won a foul. So you really want to dispute me on this one? In terms of no, Georgie Mihalovic, what we've seen. No, it's I, a really good night. Eight, eight to me is a very, very high score to give if for, you know, that. But, yeah, I, I'm not disputing that he was he was awesome. He was phenomenal tonight. So, yes, you, you are a, you are one who likes to dole out the high scores. So I, I like to dole them out when it's something unexpected. And I feel like this is the Georgie Mihalovic we've all been waiting for since he's gotten into the starting lineup. He's kind of he's taken he's taken the bull by the horns. I mean he he's taking the ball and run with it. Call it whatever you want to call it. He is becoming a bigger and bigger piece of this team. And I is don't know if there why. any chance Frankowski gets back into this lineup now. <laughs> now Frankowski now he's out. I, I, they keep putting him on the injured list, so I assume he's injured. No, at the way this play, team is playing, unless they need somebody to fill in minutes like I, I mean like um squad rotation no I, th- I think Frankowski I would be stunned if Frankowski is still here and I, I don't know what his contract is but I would be stunned if he if he's not sold off in the during the winter um in that sense but whatever the problem was with with Mihaljevic down in Florida I'm glad they've worked it out because man the dude's creativity is this is this is the Georgie Mihaljevic we saw playing for the national team in camp cupcake a couple of years ago. Yeah, it, it's, it's starting it's, to see like whatever it is he grew up and is starting to play in the system. And tonight to me was the best he's looked in it. Like I said, every time he got the ball, it was something fun happening. And that's why yep. part of, part of my, part of my ratings is what, it, what the expectation is. If you want to put him and Jimenez together, I, th- I think Jimenez was still better, but I expect that from Jimenez. I'm not as certain that I expect that every week from Georgie Mahalich. Maybe next week he'll only get a seven if he puts in the same performance because I'm starting to expect it from him. Does that, does that seem fair? Yeah, I do think it's weird that you have individual standards for each of the players, and that's how you rate them on the 10-point scale. But that's you, man. So you do you. Well, and, and like I said, it's one of those I, – I, I look at players – like when Collier comes out and does something special, he's going to get rewarded more than Barrich because, again, Barrich you expect that from. Collier, you don't. And he, he had one of those moments tonight, Elliot did, where he did the scissors and the step overs and the Ronaldo type stuff going, uh, taking on a player 1v1 from the wing. And I, that is my favorite thing. That's my favorite thing. The, 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 the Kiwi crouch. I, I'm, I'm still thinking he's the Kiwi crouch more than. I like Kiwino better. I know. We, we will. This might be a poll we need to put up. I feel like this is a poll on Minivan Dad we need to put up. So, all right. I want to get Kiwino started just as much as I wanted to get your Magnum WI started for the. 
uh, for Madison goalkeeper jersey that had the. <laughs> we're full of bad nicknames on, on the show. Yeah, we're full of bad yeah. nicknames, and we're gonna, we're going to go with that. And so that said, we're going to move. Let's move into the defense a little bit. Um, you know what? I, and I can sum this up really with the back four. They all got sixes. None of them did anything amazingly good. They pitched a shutout, so none of them were. They weren't called the uh, called upon to do it. They defended, but you when you think of what was going in the attack tonight, none of them were really heavily involved. It wasn't like they built through them. It was well. There were a couple times where Calvo made his way all the way forward into the six yard box, but um, <laughs> Not, nothing came run, of it. There was one run in the first half that was just like, guys, look at Calvo, look at Calvo. It, oh my god. And it was, he didn't even have the ball. Like he, he just like, I'm like, Calvo, Calvo wants a goal, I guess. Um, so I, I do want to talk about Calvo and Willie, you might want to hit mute right now. So we'll hit mute and I'll tell you, and you know what, I'll tell you at some point, I'll text you when you can turn it back on. But, um, that said the Calvo and, you know, we, we talked about this before Calvo and Pineda and their, um, chemistry together seem to be in question for quite a few weeks, but I feel like there's whatever it is, they're starting to sort it out. And again, maybe it's because they're playing bad teams and they're not being there's not as much pressure. But I felt but I feel like they're starting to sort out where they need to be and where they should be. That Calvo can get more of it. I've, what I've noticed is when they're doing the back, Pineda's the last man. Calvo seems to get a little more forward. And I feel like that's a change that I don't recall from the MLS's drunk tournament or the first few games coming out of the shoot. That it seemed like Calvo was the one pushing the defense up and Pineda. But now I feel like it's Pineda's the one pushing the defense up, allowing Calvo to be a little more free-spirited, for lack of a better term. Almost like, kind of like where um, with with uh, Schweinsteiger that would, like Schweinsteiger ran the defense, he told them when to push up, when to step back, and whatever. And that worked, because Calvo wasn't given that responsibility. And I feel like Pineda has taken that the last couple of games, and it works better, because it allows Calvo to be more creative, which Calvo can do. That's never been a yes. question. It's whether he can defend or not, and... They got to, you know what? They haven't given up a goal in two games, so he, their defending has been well. Yeah, you can't argue with that. that that's it's they, they've been really good, and yeah, there was, I think, there was one play tonight where Pineda made a pretty kind of spectacular diving kick sure. type I, save, but but yeah, other than that, they were just they were steady, which is what you want. And, well, in and, and, and a game like this, that's all you need. Yeah. I mean, and that's why, like I said, it's not a criticism to give them sixes. They weren't called upon to do anything special, so they didn't. And that, and that's, and that's okay. Yeah, I, and I, you I'll know bet what? You if I went, I'll bet you if you asked every one of them if they were going to be rated as a six, but they weren't giving up goals because they didn't have to really work as hard or didn't have to be defending all out all the time, every one of them would take it. And you and I both know that. Yeah, I will. I will point this out though. Like, let's say. Uh, let's compare tonight to the NYCFC game sure. where in that game, Connor Sparrow was in goal, by the way, I have a little news on him. Um, and, uh, he, two of the three goals that they gave up that night were easily savable and sure. maybe moderately easily savable. And he just didn't do it. Mm-hmm. There were two saves of, of Bobby Shuttleworth five tonight that were phenomenal. And there were um, some other plays where he came out and sort of broke something up. And if Shuttleworth doesn't make those two saves, we are probably pointing a finger at one or the other of 
you know, the center backs or maybe one of the outside backs for not doing a job. But because Bobby makes that save, it's we don't notice as much who let that guy into that spot, if you know what I mean. So it, it's they have Bobby to thank for for that, probably. And that, and you know what? That's perfectly fair. I never even thought to go back and look at the at the replay on Bobby Shuttleworth's amazing save in the first half or the second half. I never yeah, thought. I, I didn't either. I moved on because that the point of that point in the game was Bobby's save in my mind. But correct. Thinking about it now, there probably was something that that needs to be worked on. And I will tell you the thing that thing that I noticed. Uh, speaking of Sparrow, it, Gaga was in the. 18 tonight and that's he, he was again Wednesday. He was on Wednesday. Yeah. As well. So I asked Wiki about that and he said um, that they wanted to give Gaga the game like experience of getting dressed and going through the process and, and okay. being there. And he said it was nothing more than that. So read into okay. that what you will. Maybe he doesn't believe in Sparrow or maybe he's telling the truth. That is what he said. So, I'm guessing I'm if, if you were to ask me, the truth is probably somewhere in between. I think it's I he wants Gaga to be get the experience of it and being at home it's easier to do that. But at the same time, I feel like if, if there was a long term injury to Bobby Shuttleworth, I think at this point you probably see you probably see Gaga and not Connor Sparrow. You might, you might and Chris Brady had another nice outing for forward, so he is the only guy still playing up there. The other two, Rodriguez and, and Monas, haven't haven't played in a long time, but yeah. um yeah, all right. So do we do we want to, well, all right. We we got one left to do and I I give the subs anything. I guess the only one who played enough minutes to really catch my eye was Sapong and he didn't do anything special one way or the other. He was fine. I would have given him a 5 if I really got into it, but I think yeah, Sapong was was out there more than anything maybe for his hold up play and and yep. in, an interesting sub was um for me uh Navarro came on not for Bornstein but for Aliceda. And so for the, I believe the first time this season, Bornstein and Navarro played on the same field at the same time. So correct. And um, I see, obviously a defensive. You know, it was funny. There. It was funny. It was, um, was my, was Charlie noticed that as well. And he's, and he goes, well, what does that mean? He goes, where's he going to play? Wait, Navarro plays for Bornstein. And I said, I don't know. And it seemed fine. It really, it, Navarro seemed like it, it worked as a fit. I mean, it wasn't a terrible fit. If you're, I think if you're looking to see a game out, I think that's not a bad way to go. Cause no, maybe he doesn't. Not. Yeah. Because with in Wiki's system, the backs are supposed to get high and get in the attack anyway. So exactly. Navarro getting into the attack isn't as a midfielder versus a defender. It's probably just more frequent, which he might be comfortable with. I don't necessarily think it's a bad fit. And I think I like the experiment in the sense of, it might give you another option of squad rotation if Alcada is gassed and you want, or you want to do a full defending game. You might try Navarro and Bornstein together. I mean, I don't, I, I could see that as a as a thing. And we saw Andre Reynolds tonight, and he I did. Think, my God, Blackfires have to be excited about that because they've been and they should be. I, I that's yeah. I, I think it's great. It, it, he he's got another a home, He's another homegrown, right? Yeah. I mean, anytime we anytime we get the home runs out there, we're all uh, all excited because it's nice to see. There's so much talent in the Chicago, in the Chicago land area for soccer. It's nice to see them getting first team minutes. And no, Andre Reynolds, congratulate you know getting his first. Uh, this is first minutes this year. I I am almost positive it is. The last Big, time I remember him playing was the Cruz Azul friendly. Okay, and I could be wrong. Maybe he played after that, but I don't think so. So I have to look into that. All right. Well, but all right. Let, let's let's come back full circle because I do want to finish the, rest of the ratings at this point. We we've talked about Shuttleworth. I didn't give him my number. I gave him an eight tonight. He 
Why is it not higher? Yes. So those those can criticize. He didn't steal a win. And to me, a nine or a ten for a goalkeeper, you steal a win. However, yeah, but. his two saves that he made, they were they were amazing. And it kept it a two nothing, kept the pressure off of them. Absolutely. It was two two without him, for sure. So maybe. And 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 I always say maybe because you don't when you're up to nothing, your level of pressing into the attack isn't as high as it would be if it was one zero zero or one nothing. Yeah. So, and that's why I'm looking at it going, nah, they didn't have, but they didn't have to. And that's kind of, and that's kind of the thing. Um, he, I'm looking at it. He made one. Andre Reynolds made one appearance for the Fire last year. Is what it is. What Wiki said. Wikipedia says. Take it for whatever you want to say, but it's going to kind of go back there. But shuttle. The two, the save in the first half was was world class. I mean, it was point blank. He got in front of it. He knocked it away. It, the second half, same thing. You know what? What what have we we have we have maintained with Bobby Shuttleworth? He is a phenomenal shot stopper. He did that tonight, and when called upon, and those two saves keep the pressure off of him. Realistically, like you say, one one that changes the whole dynamic of it, and doesn't maybe doesn't open it up for. You know, for the second goal by by Barrich. who knows? Hard to say. But at two nothing, they're allowed to be a little more passive on the attack and defend a little bit more and keep the game out of reach for Atlanta, who really does. I, I for a team that won MLS Cup in what 2018, they look they look rudderless. They really look awful this right is, now. There 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 are a lot of players not there from that team. So, um. It's uh yeah they they're they're not good at the moment. No, obviously it's, uh, still a pretty good organization though I think. And it, it, exactly that I I I have full faith that they they won't be down for long. But that said, I'm not going to complain about them being be. I saw on Twitter I kid you not somebody actually took the time to savage Arthur Blanks as an owner. I'm like going, really? He's got one MLS Cup. He took the Falcons within a meltdown of a Super Bowl uh, as as an owner. He built he he spent how much money on that stadium in, in uh, Mercedes Benz Stadium, which yeah. is uh, the cost was. Let me see if I can find the cost on that because that's it's one of those Probably you're like the, the several billion. Now, it's several billion stadiums in America. Maybe that's been surpassed by Silent Stand Stadium in L.A. But um, yeah, that, that's a beautiful stadium there and. and you know, he, he's got a first class MLS organization. He cares, unlike some other NFL owners about his MLS team. I, I think to criticize him would be. No. And unfair. I mean, what, what was one of the first things he did as the owner? He took the best academy system in Georgia, which was Carlos Bocanegra's and bought it. Yep. Oh, by the way, 1.6 billion on, on Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So, Yeah. I'm sorry. You can criticize a lot of things about Arthur Blank, but as an owner, that's not one of them. And so I apologize for whichever Atlanta fan I caught that on Twitter. Shut up. I mean, there's there's no Harsh. other way to say it. But is it wrong? Am I wrong? No. You know, it's no. You're not. There are a lot worse owners in MLS than Arthur Blank. That's for damn sure. Oh yes. So. A six-point week. Wow. Like it said, makes things it, easier, I'll tell you that. It does. It, it, it's just one of those, you're sitting there going, it it feels, and now you're going, well, they, that's what they should have done. But this is the fire. 
this is really not what we've come to expect for the fire over the years. And you and I have said, but several times that it seems different this year. It seems like things are just on the upswing all the way around soldier field, the improvements to the facilities out in Bridgeview, wiki heights, professionalism, Mansueto, the media team. My God, are they good? That, like the, the, the video guys are some of the best. Justin Hubler, I believe his name is one of the best video editors anywhere. If they don't clean up at, at you know, all the awards this year, that would make me very sad because they are fantastic. So it, big, it, exactly. And it, um, so we get we get we've got six days. We got uh, the next game is. Montreal in Harrison, and then they go to Kansas City on a short turnaround. Yeah. Um, and then they come back right back home on Sunday for DC United. So let, let's look at these two. Let's 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 look ahead a little bit. So we've got at Mon- or theoretically at Montreal in Harrison, and then at Sporting Kansas City. Yes. What what to you would be successful out of that? How many points would you say would be successful? If they took if they took two points, would you be happy? I wouldn't be happy with two. Um, I could live with two. Four would be fantastic for me. Four would make me happy. Six would be a, would be okay. Six this is a this, pipe dream. Six, but yeah, six is a pipe dream. But yet again, you know, I'm, I I look back. I look back at their last four games and the two solid wins against the craptastic teams. Or I've been saying mass, so I'm going to say that they should have won. Seen out the game against Crew. They didn't do that. That Orlando game, I still think, is as wonky as any game I've ever seen, just in the fact that they had three goals pulled back by VAR or some variation thereof. Yeah. Or it was two two pulled back by VAR, and then the almost the I, I swear to God, they were close to a fist fight for the penalty kick. So um, that, that makes that game a whole lot weirder. So I don't necessarily put a ton of stock into that one. Um, but this is a team I think is on the right track and that's and that's where I'm curious to see what happens here. So I th- I think two points would be disappointing. I'd Maybe be not three. terribly disappointing, but but yeah, it's it's not ideal. Four three is okay. Four is is four, four would be, be great. four make me happy. Six would be ecstatic. Six would be yeah. work. Mm-hmm. This is this team is on the right track. Is definitely moving the right direction. So all right. There is so. that that theory that you win your games at home, you draw on the road, and you're in the solidly in the playoffs in MLS. So, in, by that measure, two points would be good considering it's two road games. But um, sure, it, but I at the same time I also wouldn't. But be Harrison is a neutral site game in some ways. So sure, um, but it, I it also against the King. We need to respect the King. We do need to respect the King for for your level and for you and Chris. Um, and then I'm looking ahead. I'm looking at that game against Kansas City midweek, and I'm like, that might be a throwaway game, for lack of a better term. It's against the other conference, Sporting KC's in the West, right? Still, if you're yes, if you're going, to if you're lose throwing one, one away, I'm looking at yeah. it, and because they they turn around then the following Sunday and have DC United at home, and that's where I'm like, that may these West games may be more of a throwaway game than the East games. Yeah, that which is why tonight's win was much bigger than the Wednesday night's win because it's against an Eastern Conference team, one and two, one that you're relatively close to in the standings and have now leapfrogged. So, sure. So, fire in the playoffs if they were to start today, which would make them the third Chicago team in the playoffs as of today, based on the yeah. 
Sox both making it. So, hey, and if you're Atlanta, you just got absolutely abused today by Chicago because the Falcons decided to melt down against the Bears, and then Atlanta, the Atlanta United just. I want. I don't want to say they melted down. They just. They were. They were the second best tonight. I guess that's how I could sum it up. Does that seem fair? Yes. So okay, this is the Mini Van Dad Soccer Pod. We can be found at Mini Van Dad Pod. I am at TJ Zaremba. Pat's at Patrick McCraney. Um, or Hot Time Old Town. He's a senior editor there. Pat, six point week. What do you got for final thoughts tonight? Uh, it's just everything's easier when you win. Everything. It's like <laughs> writing a game story is easier. Uh, running a website's easier. Just going about your daily life is easier when your your team is doing well. I'm a guy who, you know, if my teams are doing poorly, I try not to let it affect my real life. I, I, I am not, you know, going to allow that to happen. But, um, but yeah, it, it's when your teams are doing well, it is, it's fun to enjoy it. And um, it's nice to see after Wiki told us for months, no, really, guys, this team is, is doing the right things. It's just a matter of fixing a few things. It's nice to see them put together six points so hopefully sure. more to come and I, I couldn't agree with i couldn't agree with that thought more it, it seems like the you know as hannibal smith always said on the a team the plant i love it when the plan comes together and it, it does feel like it again the quality of teams may not be there but the fact the execution seems to be there and that and you that gotta seems... be yeah these are the games you have to win and consider that they were a lucky bounce by jossie's artists from beating the crew so like it, it's it's not just and in, in throw out that Orlando game because what was that like that that's one that maybe between the rain and the, the weird the rain the rain and the weird yeah there's I feel like especially that they they never recovered from that penalty kick occurrence and they've seemed to figure it out since then so uh huh and Sarich has four goals in four games Bobby's got four goals out of the first five games at Soldier Field things are rolling. Which is a weird thought to say when you talk about the Chicago Fire, but we are the minivan dab. We're Chicago. I mean, being the fact that we're Chicago land, we're a Chicago-based podcast, and you know, so we're going to cover the fire. So we'll continue to do post games as long as people keep listening to them. So we're going to keep doing them for now. So on that note, you're done. Mm-hmm.